I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse, a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that can make us all be encouraged, want to hear what makes these women passionate and get up in the morning or what they wish that they'd known earlier in life. Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. Today, I have with me Jen Roberts, and I've known her for a couple of years, and then seen her go through some different business ideas, and um, and having a, a, another child, um, and just have watched her grow in, in adulthood, and um, so I'm really excited to have you with me, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited about it. So let's start out by, Jen, if somebody asked you who you were personally or professionally, what would your answer be? Definitely be a mom and a wife. That's, that's my number one for sure. <laughs> I think I'm a boss in the same kind of capacity with my businesses. Um, but number one, I'm, I, I'm here for my kids and, and being a wife to Andy. It's definitely what I think about all the time. And it, what, it is what drives me to be the entrepreneur that I am and, and want to do things the way, the way that I'm doing it. So, um, I get to spend a lot of time with my, with my, with my family and my kids. So they're definitely number one. If, if I am, I am mom. If you ask me who I am, I'm mom. So I love it. That's awesome. And they are very integrated into your life. A lot of times you Mm -hmm. see families that they're, they're off this way, off that way, and just so many splinters, but, but you are very much involved with your kids and on, on both the business level and raising them. So tell me about that. How, what, what kind of business ventures are you involved in? Uh, well, right now, so we have two kind of baby businesses, baby companies that we have, I say. So I opened um, <clears throat> my LLC in 2018. So um, that, you know, when I did that, I first opened Ninja Fit Martial Arts. So um, it's it started as a traveling martial arts school. Um, and so we go to different preschools and stuff like that. Um, but then just recently in 2020, you know, of course, in the middle of a pandemic, of course, the best time to open up a business, <laughs> we decided to open up a moving company. So it's been really exciting. It's been a lot like, I think, a roller coaster. But yeah, those are the two businesses that we are in. It's kind of weird, too. Different, you know, different things, uh, complete two completely different things. But um, it's something that um, it's weird. Andy is both. It's good at both of them um, out there in the field, whereas I'm good at both of them um, in the office and behind the scenes. So it works perfectly. 
It does. And the Ninja Kids, that's a really interesting idea to take it to preschools and to to kind of um, introduce, plus really give a, a very good physical aspect to their their day. What? How'd you get yeah. that idea? Well, you know, it spurred off of us leaving a different uh, martial arts gym uh, school that that Andy had been with for a long time, um, and it was an idea that came about when we left that gym. Um, there were a lot of parents that uh, were interested in, in particularly to Andy and and the uh, type of martial arts and the type of program and the type of class that he teaches, um, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. Um, so they wanted us to continue teaching those classes and it was something as easy as, okay, yeah, I know how to do this. I'll go and get um, an LLC. I'll go get my business license. I'll go get some good software and a good payment processor. And I was in business and it was just like that. And I think I was uh, six or seven months pregnant with Stella <laughs> and uh, planning a wedding at the same time. So it was, it was, it was a roller coaster, but I look back at it and I think, my goodness, what was I, 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 I'm like, I, I'm so proud of myself that I didn't hesitate. I just did. I just said, I can do this. And I did it. And here we are in 21 with two businesses and I couldn't be more confident in myself. But going back to the, to teaching martial arts at the preschools, I, I am so glad we came up upon this idea and that, that we've come to this because we love it. We now have ventured out into doing a lot of camps for um, the city of Auburn. So right now we're doing Camp Kaleidoscope with the city of Auburn. Um, in a couple of weeks, we get to go and do a camp called TR Camp. Um, which is uh, it's younger students, younger um, athletes that have like physical disabilities. Uh, we are thrilled about going and teaching that class with them. We couldn't be more excited about that. So we're getting out more into the community and teaching these kind of classes in um, camps and we in preschools. And we're interested in getting in businesses to teach uh, self-defense classes to, you know, maybe a group of employees that maybe, you know, lock doors late at night, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we're excited because we're kind of like now, you know, spreading out into the community even more. And it's exciting. It, it's, it's really exciting because we kind of get to do our, our martial arts on our own terms. Um, we thought that owning a gym was going to, you know, was what we were going to do there for a little while. And then we left and it was, uh, it was a change for us for sure. But now that we've landed on this, we realize that we get to do martial arts exactly how we want to do it. And in the capacity that we want to, and the volume that we want to, um, you know, we get to kind of come up with our own program and it's just, it's, it's, it's been beautiful. It's been fun to grow and it's been fun to go out there and sell it and talk about it. So, um, yeah, we love it. Uh, we love our, our preschool program too. I do have to say it's hard to work with kids. It's hard to work with preschool age kids, but if you can come up with a good program that they love and enjoy and want to be, um, you know, physically active in, you can, you can, you know, make any kid happy. And I tell kids or I tell families, moms, parents, and dads all the time, I'm there to make your kid happy, but it is under a, a format of 
um, love and respect. Um, so we're still going to have good manners when we come into class. We're going to learn how to stand in line properly and, you know, say yes, ma'am and no, ma'am and respect our teachers. And yeah, we're doing martial arts, but we're still learning these other things too in class. And uh, I love it. I love, I love doing that in my class and teaching that kind of stuff to preschool age kids because when they get off to, to kindergarten, it can be a whole different ball game for them. So I like prepping them for that. It's, it's not an easy job at all, but it's really rewarding. So, well, fun. and you've got experience with preschoolers because you've had them and, um, and have them. And um, so why martial arts? What do you see of specific value of a martial arts concept? And of course, they're not doing the same things that an adult would, but, but why right. martial arts? Um, <clears throat> you know, honestly, I think it could be almost anything as long as you can wrap it up in a good package. Quite honestly, I think for that age, for preschool age, they don't, they're not looking to be a you know, superstar martial artist. That is not what we are looking to give that preschool age kid. And, you know, I'm sure that's not really what, what the parent wants either. What, um, what we're good at martial arts because, you know, Andy's a black belt and he's trained for so many years. Um, I'm, I'm kind of good. He likes to tell me about my white belt. <laughs> he likes to remind <laughs> me of that. <laughs> But um, I, I'm better at kickboxing. I kind of suck at jujitsu. So, um, I, you know, we're, we're good at those things. And so, but then we're also, I've got my background of teaching preschool dance for 13 years. And, you know, he's got his background of teaching uh, martial arts for so many years. So I think that it's just, it, you could pretty much wrap it up into any package, but we're just particularly good at this sport. And so I think it's important for parents to know it's not about being a superstar martial artist. At that age, we're there to teach your kids, um, you know, just respect of a teacher and how to do, you know, simple, you know, things like standing in line and respecting a teacher and things like that. So, um, and then we get to kind of teach a few little self-defense things as well, which I think is very, very important for kids to, to learn going into preschool or elementary school, high school, college, wherever. So starting it off young, you can't go wrong with that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that you can kind of wrap it up into any package. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get involved into martial arts? I mean, you, you come from the dance world and you're still involved in the dance world. And so I don't know if there's similarities in that or, or how did you first get introduced and, and, um, and kind of keep it in your toolbox? Well, it's, that's actually an interesting story. Um, it does have a, a, a backstory to it. So, um, when I was, let's see, I was 23, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I had to do chemotherapy, um, once I, they're kind of kickstarted my like, uh, need to like, want to take care of my body, you know, internally. I, I, I always thought to myself that, um, I just, I want to live as long as I can and I want to be as healthy as I can. And I want to, um, think not have cancer again. <laughs> that was, that was, I think, you know, that, that you of course cannot do that, but those were thoughts in my mind, you know, yeah, of um, cause you're going through chemotherapy and it's just a wild ride, but um, I, I kind of spurred this one, this really, you know, deep down need to uh, want to just take care of myself and, and want to eat differently and, and 
live a different lifestyle. So I uh, did that and then uh, had Max when I was something like 29 years old. So fast forward, uh, I had Max and um, I had like this different like perspective. So I'd, I'd been working out and being healthy for years. But after I had Max, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to go on this uh, fitness journey. I want to go and take any and every class I possibly can. Um, I want to go and take martial arts. I want to go and uh, take Pilates and yoga and you name it. I wanted to go do it. Right. So right before, um, right before I had Max, I was actually the ring card girl for one of the fights from Auburn MMA. <laughs> Were you? And I just remember thinking, you know, oh, this is so cool. And these people are so fit and awesome. And I knew that they had like a fitness program there. So I, uh, not long after I got pregnant with Max, I had Max and I was like, I'm going to go to that gym and join that gym. And that's the first place I'm going to start after I have Max. And that's what I did. I remember I, um, I had, I think I had Max in November and I remember I went and got the schedule in something like January. I went and did my first class in February and I remember getting done with the class and being so incredibly sore. I mean, you talk about, you didn't even know you had muscles in certain parts of your body kind of sore. <laughs> I remember not even being able to lean over the crib and pick Max up out of the crib because I was so sore. It was just, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with, um, with the programs that they had there. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with all of that. So it was really hard for me to leave after I found this really, really cool gym um, because I felt really empowered by going in there and doing kickboxing, being able to glove up, hit a bag. Um, it was just really empowering for a woman. So it was hard to leave that kind of gym. Of course, you know, my husband, Andy was the one that, um, you know, ran that gym and stuff. So he was all very much a part of how the programs were run and put together and all of that. So I fell in love with, with his programs. I have to say as well, he was a big part of it. I have to say, so it was hard to leave after that. Yeah. But yeah. that's, yeah, that's my story. That's, I, I did not know that story and that's fascinating. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. So it is, yeah. but all right. But you really, you grew up dancing and dance yeah. is pretty integral into your whole being and you've kept right. that. So take me down the dance life path. Well, okay. So that's actually an interesting story too. I went after, right after I got done doing chemotherapy, that was one of the things I went and did. Um, as I went and signed up at the dance studio that I had grown up dancing at. Um, and not long after I started taking, you know, the adult classes there, Mandy, the owner of Make Your Mood Performing Arts, she asked me, Jennifer, will you teach? Um, and at the time I was thrilled. I really, really was thrilled um, because it was, you know, it was an honor. And I'm like, God, you know, I'd taken you know, I didn't dance throughout college and parts of high school and stuff like that. So, you know, I hadn't danced in years and, um, and it was really an honor to, to, you know, have her, you know, want me to start teaching classes. And I did. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, it's honestly, I, I can't believe in where I am today with it. Um, 
if you would ask me like what program I think I think if you would ask a young dance teacher like what program um, would you want to be a part of at a dance studio would you want to be at the uh, with a part of like the elite competition team or would you want to work with like the preschool recreational dancers I mean you, you could see I'm sure you could tell the difference right and which one would be harder well you would think the elite you know um, competition dance would be the hardest thing to do but really it's the preschool dance that is so hard to do and i remember uh i think i we had started teaching classes um because we also do dance classes over at the uh growing room as well so we do dance classes at the preschools as well um and uh i was pregnant with stella and i just remember no, I'm sorry. I had just had Charlie. That's what it was. And uh, we'd started teaching classes over there. And I just remember thinking like that, that could be my baby, you know, that that could be my baby in this dance class right now. And I, I just remember thinking like, I have to treat all of these babies like they're my babies. I have like a lot of emotion when I sit here and I talk about my preschool babies because it's not easy. And I think, you know, a mom asked me um, the other day at a pool party because uh, I had heard her yell at her child in the dressing room um, at one of our competitions. And she came up to me afterwards and she apologized to me. And I was like, no, I don't, you don't need to apologize. I was like, I yell at my kids too, like it's no big deal. Um, and she told me later that she was shocked to hear that I yell at my kids. And I was like, no, you, you don't, you don't understand. Like I'm not perfect because you know, I'm able or I, I teach, you know, preschool age classes and, and don't think that, you know, um, I don't want to lose my patience and lose my mind sometimes in those classes. But you know, I, I, I know what the big picture is. It's all about love. And, you know, <laughs> what does it matter that I had a bad day? You know, so I don't know. That's what you, that's what you got to like think about instead of wanting to be like blow your mind up and be like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a definite mom because you're hanging um, your life calendar on when you had which child and how it, how it plays in because right. that's what we do. Right. I mean, it, it, life integrates into as you're having your own family, but you touch on something that I think is interesting. Um, a lot of kids are involved in activities and we're comparing ourselves as moms. So you kind of see that up close just in that example you're talking about of a parent, not, not being able to compare to, to what she thought you might be. So what, what would be some words that you would tell a parent um, in dealing with their patients and, and how they're putting kids in programs and what kind of thought process would you take them through? So, you know, I think that I have to touch on this. I don't think this is something that often gets said by coaches or teachers or anybody of that capacity. Um, you know, I think a lot of, I see a lot of people that want to sign their, their kid up for dance. I saw it a little bit when I worked um, directly in a martial arts school where they wanted to sign their kid up for a martial arts program where they were signing them up with the attention of them being some, you know, professional um, and, and, and doing it at such a young age, you know? Um, and I think that, 
I don't know. I think that you, the best thing for you to do as a, as a parent, as a young parent too, um, is to, when you enter your, those kind of programs, just want the best for them. They don't have to be perfect in any way. They don't have to be the best at their class. They could sit at the back of their classroom and, you know, shed a couple tears or not want to participate at all during the entire season. Just let your kid, you know, set ground rules. I, I think that, that rules are good. Boundaries are good for kids. But you know, a lot of times um, parents want to throw their kids into a program and we kind of fix it, you know, or we kind of be like a solution. And I think that, you know, our uh, especially preschool programs are, you know, just there for them to have fun and to be in some kind of social environment and um, learn how to integrate into that kind of sort of thing and just learn, um, you know, simple social cues and uh, manners and things like that. So. Um, but I think it's important for even into older years as well, middle school, high school, I think it's important for them, the parent to remain diligent in letting the child have fun, you know, and never letting the child be overworked in something. Um, so I know for myself with Charlie, uh, yeah, she is, she's a dancer. I think she's going to be a dancer just like I was. I mean, I think she's my mini, you know, so, um, she's really good. She's been, she's, uh, she's done really well at dance so far, but I'm afraid that, you know, she could very easily get a uh, burnout and I don't want to see that in her. Um, so I, I think I have to keep her best interest at heart and it doesn't matter what I want. It matters what the kid wants. Um, so yeah, you sign up your kid for a, a program. It needs to be with the intention of, I'm letting, I want my kid to be in a social environment and learn matter, manners, respect the teacher, things like that, but never for the reason of they're going to be, you know, a, some professional, whatever. Yeah. I, I think that's really important for parents to know. Well, it's easy to fall in that trap too of, you know, they've got to be, yeah. they've got to be. Um, we always yeah. had the rule that they had to finish a season or a commitment to a program or a, a coach because it was the coach had filled that spot with them and they needed to follow mm -hmm. through. So, and sometimes it's, mm -hmm. that's tough as a parent, you want to say, fine, we're not going. So, um, well, okay. When you had Charlie, you were very much into martial arts and you, you practiced martial arts almost up until delivery time. I did. In fact, uh, up until the day, I think I, I had a lesson with Andy that morning. <laughs> she was born. Um, okay, so she, I had a lesson on a Thursday and I remember I went shopping later that afternoon. Um, I got a little bit of sleep that night and then I woke up in the middle of the night and I had her at 1230 on Friday the 13th. <laughs> and so she is, yeah, she she's is, blessed with uh, that date. Well, okay. <laughs> She's between the two pregnancies, your first with Max and then with Charlie, you had a, a different physicality at that point. So what do you think? What, what would your, what would you tell people about exercise and being pregnant and the differences in, in, um, and you probably were exercising with, with uh, Max too, but to the, the level that you were doing, what do you think? 
I think you always got to listen to your body and do what your body allows you to do. I actually, with, um, with Max, I was doing probably seven or eight Zumba classes, teaching them um, a week with, with Max. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am uh, a little different. That's why I look at Charlie. I'm like, oh, okay. I get what people see now. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what people see. Yeah. Um, and then with Charlie, I was taking, I was doing two a day classes over at the martial arts school when I was pregnant with her, but then get this with Stella, almost nothing. So, I mean, I just was, I was listening to my body. I was doing what I felt was right at the time. Um, and then, you know, I, I, everything, I, I had a beautiful birth with Stella. So there was nothing that was, you know, it, I did, I don't think I did any, anything different. I, you know, I did exactly what my body needed. Um, I love, I love Stella's birth story. I tell Andy all the time, I'm like, tell, tell, tell it, tell it, tell the story. <laughs> so cute. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell it. Uh, okay. So, um, we had watched Amanda Nunez and, uh, Oh, what's her name? So it was Nunez and cyborg. They were fighting that night. I don't know if you're familiar with that fight, but it was a pretty big one, you know, two, uh, like two big, big names in MMA. So it was a, a hell of a fight to watch. Um, Nunez knocked her out in the first round. I mean, it was like, it was really, really intense. And I remember I was like jumping up and down on the couch, nine months pregnant, just intense, like just so excited about this fight. Um, and we, we stayed up late to watch that fight. It was like 11, 1130, something like that. We went to lay down in bed and, um, I immediately, when I laid down in bed, my water broke and I told Amy, I sat up in bed. I said, Oh, my water broke. Let's go to the hospital. And he said to me, are you sure? And I had told this man months prior to this day happening. Don't ask me if I'm sure. Just believe me when I tell you that I need to go to the hospital. I promise you, I'm not going to give you any false alarms. I know exactly what's happening. I just believe me. And I just, I could not believe it. He goes, I'm so, yeah, he didn't say, he just said, I'm sorry. And he got up out of bed and just started trucking, calling my dad. I had this whole list of stuff that he had to do. And, but I think the really cool part was like, okay, so I did all three of my births with, uh, no medication. I didn't do, um, an epidural or anything like that. So you know, of course, with number three, with Stella, I was doing the same thing. And I have to say, there was a moment where I remember looking out the window and thinking all of the bad words that I could possibly think of and questioning my every bit of my life choices and what I was doing with my life. And then about that time, uh, I don't know. No, it was a little while later. Um, she just, when it was time to push, uh, I was like one push, literally. It was like maybe like 15 seconds and she was, she was there. It was awesome. I don't even think the doctor, the doctor was like walking in when, I mean, I, the nurses were like, no, 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 come, come, come not now you need to catch this baby because, uh, yeah, it was, it happened so quick, but yeah, I don't know why that was a really cool one for me, I guess. Cause it was, it was a long intense labor of the contractions, but the actual pushing part was like, boom, done. She's here. 
let's get going. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. I love that one. But I always think about the Nunez and the cyborg fight. That was really cool. So I, he, Andy likes to think that the excitement of that fight is what made my water break. But who knows? It wouldn't surprise me because that you're very <laughs> intuitive to your body. And so it's kind of like, yep, then this fits right mm -hmm. in with how they live. So, um, right. which, which that is how y'all live. Y'all live pretty, um, intensely and, and you, you love your friends hard and, and just love your family hard. Um, you've also created a home gym and I noticed <laughs> the other day you posted something where, uh, the girls, where everybody was working out together. So you tend to model your behavior. Um, and you find that true in the gym too with them or working out or taking care of bodies? Yes, absolutely. I love that I created a home gym for myself. Um, it's probably the best decision for my three young children um, because I just, Stella came out here the other day and was uh, replicating everything that I was doing I was doing a, a little yoga session and she did everything that I did. And even though they don't now they don't do that all the time, they'll sometimes come out here and, and do things uh, with me. But I just tend to think about what my mom did. Um, I can remember her uh, being in our living room and having like a uh, like a step thing that she would, you know, do her exercises on. I remember putting her, she would put her cute outfits on her eighties leotards and stuff like that. And, um, I just, I can remember that as a child. And I, I think that even though they're not uh, doing it now, they're not, you know, exactly getting out here every single day and working out with me or being active with me. Um, I know this is something that they're going to remember their mother doing, you know, they're not going to remember their mother, you know, I, doing other things, but this is one thing that I think that they will remember their mom doing, which I think is important. And I hope that one day that it will make an impact on them. So, well, yeah, I do. I think it's important. Another thing that you seem to have encompassed and created another space for is yoga. So talk to me about that. I, I know Andy is insanely philosophical and to me, um, <laughs> yoga and philosophy and some of, some of that, um, aspect of thinking goes together. So, um, what about yoga? How does that fit into your life? And then how does spirit spirituality fit into your life? Um, so, you know, I, I really do love, um, yoga. I did not, really know about its benefits until after I started doing it. I have to say um, that as a dancer, I kind of always looked at yoga as just like another way of stretching, um, but it's not. It's, it is a way for you if to calm your mind and calm your body. Um, I think it, for me, it gets out stress out of my body, um, especially if I'm working in certain areas, uh, you know, to build muscle and, you know, I'm doing certain strenuous things. Um, it helps me to relieve those stresses in, um, in my body. So, you know, it's, it's not only like a physical way for me to rebuild, but I'm, I'm mentally rebuilding my mind as well. I created a different uh, yoga space, different than the space that we're in right now, which is where I do uh, kickboxing and weightlifting. Um, but I needed that yoga space um, to be a little different. So um, I wanted it specifically to be, um, quiet, 
I wanted it to be calm. Um, I want it to have certain elements of like visually appealing. I want it to be um, a, a nice place to, you know, um, smells. I want to, you know, have certain smells in there. Um, now I did research this. I'm not a genius. This is not my <laughs> idea. This is what, if you were to like Google search this, this would be like a typical yoga or meditation room. This would be something that they'd list in there. So, um, yeah, I, I went for that. I got some beautiful plants. I got some, I hung some little, um, prisms in my windows to shoot some rainbows on the floors. And I got some oils to burn and, um, let's see, uh, different things like that. So, you know, to, uh, just to calm me. And I love being out there because if you can dedicate yourself to kind of meditating and yoga, which to me are one and the same. Um, I like to, I, a lot of times I do yoga without music at all. I like to do it and just kind of focus on the sounds around me. A lot of times I can hear birds out there in my yoga room. Um, so I love that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, a mom of three with two businesses, young businesses, it's really important. I think for anybody to go out there and give yourself that time and space just for your mind and your body and really dedicating yourself to that time. Yeah. Well, and that takes effort that takes some planning and whether you Googled it yeah. and found out what you needed to have or not. I mean, that's, that's preparation and planning. So, um, so that's pretty intentional. You seem to be very intentional. I, you know, I think I have to be, and that helps me kind of guide me in my day to day and, and the things that I do, because, um, you know, I know that there are certain things in my life that I need. There are certain tools um, that I have to do to keep myself going and keep myself um, just on a good daily, like mental space and, you know, getting, you know, where I can easily check off things off my list and things like that. Um, yeah, I know, you know, I, I set thing. I know what makes me happy. I know that if I go out there and I'm lifting weights and then I could do a little bit of yoga each week and get that in, in my week, you know, do some kickboxing here and there that makes me happy. And it fills that cup for me. Um, and then, you know, things like spending time with my kids and <clears throat> that fills that cup, you know, so I know like I have to have those things in my life to make me, I, I hate to say it, but to make me happy. And I'm not, I don't feel guilty about getting any of that stuff. So uh, for myself, I wake up early in the morning and get that, get that time in. A lot of times I like to be out here by myself with nobody around. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll listen to NPR and get caught up on things, but it's just my time to come out here and, and, you know, do something for myself. Um, and then there are other times where I'll come out here. I don't get it in the morning. I like to sleep in. I like to be, you know, um, easy on myself for sure. But then there are other times where I let myself sleep in and come out here and do it with the kids during the day. So I don't hold myself to a hardcore standard, but I do like to sell. I do like to give myself, um, plans. You know, I kind of like to, you know, write down list of things to do and say, you know, things like that. It kind of gives me focus throughout my day, throughout my week and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I do. I like being intentional with all of the stuff that I do for sure. 
So pandemic probably had some impact with you having um, both the businesses and then your own personal space and time, and then having three kids in three different stages. What was it like for you? How did you juggle? And did you, did you notice anything specifically with the kids that you either just hurt your heart or you had to find a solution to? Yeah, actually, it was a really tough time for us. Um, Andy was still working at the hospital. So he was when he was uh, working, you know, 30 miles down the road. So he had a little bit of travel time attached to each end of getting, you know, clocking in and out. Um, And so I was at home with the kids by myself a lot. And I was still continuing to do stuff for my dad um, through his business. Um, I was still continuing to teach those dance classes and all virtually, which was really, really tough, you know, Um, and then still continuing to try to be a mom and then adding in, trying to be a teacher as well and getting uh, the kids finished up. So luckily Max was the only one that had to finish up uh, his second grade year of school. Um, But, you know, Charlie was only in preschool, wasn't a big deal. So I just had Max to finish up. Uh, But Max struggles in school. He is diagnosed with ADD. So, you know, we have, um, we have, I could not, I remember telling the principal a couple of times, I am not good at this. I am not the professional. (laughs) I am not the teacher. I did not go to school for this for, you know, four years, whatever. You know, it was really, really, really hard. And um, I remember trying to have a meeting one, one time with the principal and Max's teacher. And, you know, we would do everything in our power to try and keep the house as, as quiet as we possibly could. But um, things ended up the way they were and Stella didn't go down for a nap. And she was sitting in my lap, basically screaming in my ear the whole time when I was trying to have a meeting with these two people. And now, how do you have a productive meeting when you've got your child upset, screaming in your ear, but you know, Hey, it probably, it probably gave a better presentation and representation of what you were talking about. So, you know, I think um, Andy even pointed that out at one point in the meeting because, and it was, it, it was kind of the same thing that we were dealing with trying to get Max's work done during the day because he would, you know, he'd have his sisters to contend with, you know, what am I supposed to do with a one-year-old and a five-year-old, I think, or four-year-old at the time. It's, uh, you know, it, it definitely was not something for us. And that was something that I learned after that. Um, and it was not something I was prepared for it at all. So I was really glad for us to go back to regular school. And I just knew I taught, you know, I was not afraid to tell the teacher, Hey, this is not for us. Um, I, you know, it is what it is. We're going to finish out this year. We're going to do the best that we can, but it is what it is. And, you know, I was just, I was happy to be done and, um, not going to hold myself to too much of a standard because all of us were thrown into this, not knowing what to do. I think you're incredibly right. I mean, the, the, the people, the pressure that parents felt, I cannot even fathom um, because there, there were no options on either side. So right. what do you do? 
Well, how do you, you how do you think that Max has fared? Um, well, he goes to a pretty tough school. So, you know, with having ADD, I think considering that, I think he's done pretty well. Um, you know, they, it's a classical education. So they're learning Latin, they're learning cursive there, um, things like that. Um, it's a, it's, it's a tough school and I'm glad that I put him in that school. Uh, but I'm actually at the point now where I'm in close contact with the school over the summer right now, um, trying to figure out ways that we can help him um, for this next year in fourth grade. So, you know, um, I, I have to go back to the part where I'm not a professional in this whole teaching thing, you know, and that's why I send my kid to a school um, where they have a different kind of education that I'm looking for. And, um, you know, I, I was frustrated with something that I had been going back and forth with some emails <clears throat> with somebody through the school. And um, I have to be honest, I was a little frustrated. And one morning I woke up and I told myself, you know what, Jen, you are your child's advocate. And whether or not you are right or wrong about the situation, we're going to go and we're going to talk about it with the principal. And we're just going to have an open conversation. And we're just going to see where it goes and see what, where, what we can get from it. Um, I, like I said, I'm not a professional. I don't know how to do this, but I know that I have to go with my gut feeling with my intuition. And if something doesn't feel right, um, even though I'm like, well, these are the professionals. Don't they know what they're doing? <laughs> I, I'm just going to, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to question it. I'm going to try as best I can. And I'm going to fight for what I know that my kid, I think needs. And that's the best that I can do. So, um, yeah. I think I lost track a little bit of what we we're talking. About. No, you didn't. You didn't. And that's fantastic advice to, to other women that are listening to this podcast of sometimes, you know, we have these expectations of ourselves and we're in control of some of that. You know, you can control what you're doing and how you plan your day sometimes and what are, what's important to you. But there are some things that get put on your plate as a mom, as a wife, as an employee, I mean, even in business that you're not in control of, but yet you still can take a, an active role and voice in, which, which I mm -hmm. hope that encourages people who are, who are listening. Um, we touched base just a tiny bit that Andy is incredibly philosophical. Um, do you go down that path too? Do you, do you listen to some of his and, and debate with him on, on some of the, I mean, he can go, he can make me question my existence um, so know, easily. Right? So, so how about you? Do you think in those terms? Uh, so do you mean, do we have like similar views and it, is that what you're saying? Or do I, do I like, both. do you, know, you this, do uh, you both, do you both have, do you have similar views or do you um, have differing views and what kind of conversations do you have? You know, um, I have to say, Andy and I, when we like to, we love telling the story, it's, we fell in love with each other over conversation. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, a lot of expensive dates. In fact, none whatsoever that we would go on with each other. We didn't do that sort of thing. We would go and um, he'd come over to my house and we'd sit down and I'd cook a dinner and we'd have great conversation. And I think that's why we, we, 
you know, we loved each other and appreciated each other at the gym, but it was really through our conversation and a lot of things that we talked about that really, you know, we were able, able to fall in love with each other that way. So um, I do think a lot of our, our beliefs and things like that do align with each other for sure. Um, but we don't mind debating. We don't that something, we don't mind disagreeing with something. Um, and I love like, I love exploring that stuff with him too, because of course, you know, he's got such a perspective, a different perspective on, on life and on friends, on love, on family. And, um, so, you know, of course it's, it's, it's really intriguing to sit there and listen to anything he has to say, but I'm a very, um, strong-willed and strong-minded individual as well. I've got a lot of certain things that I like to say and things, there's a lot of things that I feel very confident in talking about. There are some things I do not feel confident in talking about. So I'm willing to admit those things, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, I love sitting and talking to Andy. Um, one of the funny things I've seen us do lately, which is really cute. Um, if you happen to be, uh, you know, have one of our classes, if you happen to book us for one of your classes, uh, you might find it to where you'll say, I have to cut him off. <laughs> so you booked us for an hour and a half but he's gone to eight, an hour and 45 minutes and I'm young, like, babe, we got to go. <laughs> They're done. Which it's, you know, they, everybody's glued in. Everybody wants to hear everybody that everybody wants to hear another hour and a half possibly, but you know, he's got a lot to say. And, uh, and you know, so I, it's funny. I have to cut him off sometimes from, from that stuff. <laughs> That's funny. funny. That is good. Um, so do you think that some of who you are really came through your growing up and through your life experiences? Yeah, for sure. I have to say that <clears throat> I think uh, being diagnosed with cancer was probably a life-changing pivotal moment in my life. Um, and Andy and I, he, he sometimes wonders like, why is that moment because it was hard. Chemotherapy was hard. I'd spend every two weeks, I'd spend five of my days, uh, you know, puking up black stuff, you know, I mean, passed out in my bed and I'd wake up and I'd puke black stuff for five days straight. How can anybody enjoy that or, or, or want that for themselves or be, you know, it, it wasn't easy, but it was a moment in my life where, um, you know, you, you have to make the best of it. You know, was I going to cry my way through that thing and live through the whole three months, which is not long. You know, some people go through months or a whole year, years of chemotherapy, which I cannot imagine. I had it easy. I had three months of chemotherapy, but what was I going to do? Was I going to live through that and live in misery and make every day awful for me? Or was I going to make it amazing for myself? And I decided right then and there, I was going to make it amazing for myself. And that's what I did. And I remember my uncle looking at me one time, <laughs> I'll never forget these words. He said, he said, Jennifer, the only way that you can go through it is straight through it. There's no going around it. There's no easy cutting anything. It's just straight through it and straight through it for me was going to be an amazing time. So I made the best of what I could, you know? So, and, and I mean, you know, you, it was a time in my life too, where it was like, 
if I didn't happen to land in the emergency room with some, you know, questionable, some weird chest pains, I could have let that thing go for months and it could have been in stage four B, you know, or something like, I don't know what they're called exactly, but it could have been a lot worse than it was. They called it in stage one A, I believe is technically the term, um, caught very early. It was treated. I'm, over 15 years cancer free my doctor has officially released me like everything is wonderful but i look back at that moment in my life and it is pivotal for sure yeah well that that definitely is and and yet you've taken it and it still is a marker that kind of guides on what you you continue to do um well, this is sliding into something completely different and rather lighthearted after that. But um, but you wear amazing clothes for your exercising. And that is something that you also mentioned that your mom did. So is that a mm-hmm. part of your mental process of, you know, preparing yourself to to work out and to to be ready for whatever you're doing in that transition? Yes. And I have no shame whatsoever. I love getting up and putting on a cute outfit and getting my workout in. (laughs) There's nobody over here to watch my cute outfit. I may take a picture of it and post it on the internet, but typically there's nobody to see me here in this cute outfit, but it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. And that is all that matters. This is another thing. I'm kind of glad you brought this up and, um, Andy all the time, I'll, you know, we'll go out to dinner or something like that. And he's like, I'll put on a cute outfit and I'll look at him and I'll be like, Hey, do you like my outfit? That look cute. You know? And he's like, I don't care what you look like. <laughs> and he's like, I don't care what you wear. You can wear anything. I just love you, which of course I love that. I, whatever. I, that's amazing. That's the kind of man you want, of course. But for me, putting on a cute outfit makes me feel good. And I think like he thinks that I'm dressing up to impress other people. Oh, no, no, no. I am putting on that cute outfit to make me feel good. (laughs) I can promise you it has nothing to do with that stranger that I'm walking past. It just doesn't. And I hope that other women feel that way too, or can feel confident in that too. I, I, you know, I think that some people are afraid to wear certain things. Um, you know, they're, so you talk about the clothes, uh, the brand that I love so very much, Sunita Athletics. Um, they're based out of Phoenix, Arizona. And I found them, I think back in like 2017, um, I bought from them for a couple of years and then I got pregnant with, uh, Charlie, I'm sorry, with Stella and, um, a couple of years, I couldn't wear the clothes cause I was pregnant and, um, could, you know, different, I was different size. Right. So, um, now they do have a maternity line, but at the time when I was pregnant, they had just come out with their maternity line. I was seven months pregnant and I was like, I'm not about to buy more maternity clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I have continued to buy from them over the years, but I really fell in love with them in the start of 2020 at the at the beginning of the pandemic, I came across their Facebook group. It's called Sunita sisters. And it is every type of woman you can think of in there. And it's just beautiful to see. I love it. Um, I love the uh, encouragement that you find with those women in there. Um, And I just, it was weird because I had bought their clothes for years and I'd love 
their clothes for years, but all of a sudden seeing, um, an outfit on just a normal mom on the internet, uh, you know, cause ladies will, you know, post their picture in there and be like, look at that, my, you know, my stats are this, you know, um, seeing those outfits on other women, I was like, Oh wow, that's a really cute outfit. I need to go buy that. And there I was at the website clicking and buying. And then all of a sudden it was this huge community that I became a part of. And then I started talking to the uh, Sunita Athletics. I talk to them on Instagram all the time. <laughs> like I'll just, we'll just random stuff. I'll be like, oh, I don't, you know, I'll talk to them through their stories and they respond back to me and they, yeah. they love me as an individual. And I don't know, just the, the camaraderie that I found in that group, the love and the inspiration. There's um, tons of different women in there and moms, and it's just a beautiful place to be. A lot of places on Facebook can be kind of crappy, um, and that particular group right there is a lot of fun to be in. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed being a part of that group. I enjoyed buying their collection because they have – really good prices. Um, you, you know, I, I cannot afford uh, Lululemon and stuff like that. It's a little bit outrageous to me. Um, but Sunita athletics is definitely something that I can afford. And I have this really awesome collection that I've grown, um, in the last like year or two. And it just, I don't know with, with the amount of activities that I'm constantly doing. So my body's constantly in motion. This is the kind of clothes that I love living in. And I get to come up with all these amazing combinations all the time, these fun combos with these awesome colors and um, fabrics. And I love it. I love being a part of their community. I love being a part of their brand. And uh, yeah, it's, I've, I've used it to help myself to get up, to help me get up in the morning at, at 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, and I'm not ashamed that putting on a cute outfit is one of the things that helps me get up in the morning and work out. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. The fact that you find those things and, and you're, you're filling yourself. Um, so often we are looking for outside affirmation and that cannot get us, but so far. And then with pandemic, we found out that we were alone a lot. So we had to pull something from ourselves. So I think that's fabulous. And I, I know that the listeners are going to glean something from that because that is, that is tremendous advice. Um, so you, you are incredibly <clears throat> strong, directed, um, empowering. Have you hit other than the cancer, something that has just been an absolute stumble for you or, or is it just, it seems like it's all so easy, but I know it. it no, it's be. not. No, it's absolutely not. I, I don't, I struggle with anxiety um, for sure. I think I struggle with a lot of anxiety, but I think that is where I have to incorporate things like yoga and meditation and lifting weights and going for a walk and, you know, listening to, um, listening to things in the mornings that, that fill my mind with the things that I want to do. So I'm not perfect in any, any way. And that was one of the things I thought was really refreshing to um, have a conversation with about that, that dance mom the other day and her realizing that, you know, Miss Jen snaps, Miss Jen has bad days, you know? And um, 
I think it's important for people to know that even for people who seem like they're perfect on social media. And I hope that I, I probably do seem like I come off perfect on social media. You know, I think you're just kind of, you tend to want to post the best things, you know, oh, you don't sure. really want to post the bad day that you've had. Um, but I am certainly not perfect in any way. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I think that, um, I don't know, nobody's perfect, no matter what they may seem like on Facebook, that's just not true whatsoever. And it's okay to have a bad day, you know? Um, so no, I, I, I do personally, I kind of struggle with that anxiety. I think I've maybe struggled with a little bit of depression, but, um, for myself, it's not something that I choose to medicate. Um, but nor do I find medication bad for anyone. Um, it's, it's something that I've explored, but for right now, it's not the right thing for me. Um, it may be one day, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say for one second that I don't struggle with those kind of things and that they haven't been, you know, that I haven't been to the doctor and to speak to my physician about it. And, uh, um, I'm a mom of three and I think it, it, it hit me bad after, uh, kid number three. And, it was something that, you know, instead of like, you know, hiding from it or not wanting to deal with it, it's something that I talk about often with Andy and, uh, and it's just something that I put out there. And so, you know, people, my loved ones know where I stand, you know? So I think yeah. that's important to always, you know, just say how it is. If it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just, it is what it is. Well, y'all work together so much you and Andy and then you've worked with your dad and so that brings on another dynamic of how you have to balance life and so I know you've had to to, to work with that of of your working styles and and just kind of the whole thing that comes with working with people that you see when you go home um, and we didn't talk very much about but you guys started this moving company and in a moving mm -hmm. company, you're seeing family dynamics when you're trying to help people move and get their lives together. And you see them in these hot, irritating situations. But the inspiration for the move company came from where? Well, Andy had worked in the moving business um, when he first moved to Auburn. So it was something that um, he worked in a, a managerial position. So it was something that he felt very comfortable doing. Um, I felt very comfortable um, doing with him because of the background that I have. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur himself. He's run a business for um, close to 40 years now, a software company. And I've worked for that software company about 10 plus years now doing uh, various things for him. Um, but you know, I've been able to watch him my whole life. And then of course, more intimately as I've worked for him, I've been able to watch him as a business owner and an entrepreneur. And I have watched my father open up uh, a couple of different businesses based off of his software business. And he just can find, uh, <laughs> he can find that uh, a need of something that somebody needs and he can produce it and get it up and going off the ground. It's been incredible to watch. Um, over the about 20 years that I've seen him produce a couple new uh, businesses off of it. So um, the moving company, it's wild. You know, I remember the first time that Andy told me that he wanted to own a moving company. We were standing in our living room and I remember looking at that man and thinking he's crazy. <laughs> 
I'm not doing this. <laughs> but <laughs> those the are words more to that eat. we talked right, right. Uh, the more that we talked about it and um, the more that we put energy into it and thought into it and um, we we knew we could do it. You know, he was, he's very confident and he's very good at what he does. And then I'm very confident and very good at what I do. And the two of us um, come together to make a really good company. Uh, we're really proud to be business owners um, because we want to provide our employees with, uh, with a good pay and good benefits. So um, we're very, very proud of that. We, uh, we have a few martial artists that work for us at the Ninja Fits. There's a few that come and do it, and we have pay very well with that. And then with our movers, too, we pay very well for those movers because, um, you know, everybody wants a good living, and we want to have happy employees that go into your home that want to do that kind of job and want to do a good job for you, too. So we're really proud of that, and uh, that's something that we are, you know, we kind of wear as a badge of honor because that's something we like to, we like to give our employees. Um, it's a wild ride. I, I honestly, you know, moving company, martial arts, I feel like the Andy and Jen team is so strong. I feel like we could open up any company. I don't know. Maybe one day we will have a martial arts, another martial arts school. We've got our brick and mortar building too, or maybe we've got some boutique uh, kickboxing facility. I don't know, but uh, I just feel like the two of us could probably run um, any kind of company together because of our two strengths that we have coming together. Well, that's, that's pretty good um, life package right there. So that, yeah. that's great. Um, and it doesn't come with the, without a lot of hard work and communication and, and believing in each other's dreams. So that seems to be something that y'all pass off very well. So we've talked about a lot of different things. Is there something that maybe we haven't mentioned, Jen, that you would like to make sure that you have a chance to say? You know, uh, you talk about um, anything like impactful in life had, that has happened to me. And just a couple of months ago, um, back in November of 2020, uh, my sister had a stroke at 41 years old. Um, and that was a pretty big moment in my life, uh, specifically because of COVID in 2020, she was in the hospital in November, 2020, there was only one person allowed with her, um, in the hospital. So she had actually gone into the hospital to have a surgery. She had her stroke uh, the day after she had surgery. So she was actually in the hospital when it happened. Um, I was her person to be with her for that day. And um, I luckily did not, was not in the room when she had the stroke. Um, but I did spend the remainder of the day with her um, and trying to figure out uh, what the next step was for her. So she, long story short, she was... Um, Oh, I'm going to try my best not to get emotional on this one, but she was airlifted oh, out of um, East Alabama. She was sent to Dothan. Um, she had to have brain surgery to, to remove her clot from her brain. Um, so I guess if you ask about, you know, is there any impactful moments in my life? Yeah, it was the cancer because personally that was a big moment for me that has led me up to this point right here. But I have to say that probably that is 
right up there <laughs> um, with it because um, uh, the doctors tell her today she shouldn't be alive. You know, that's mm. what they tell her. They tell her she's a miracle. So um, it's. Uh, Has she fully recovered? You know, we. She she is fully recovered. Um, she is, still does therapy, uh, speech therapy, uh, physical therapy, and that sort of thing. But uh, for and she's my sister. She is my sister. I I I, I see my sister, and she's there. And um, I couldn't be happier. You know, it could have been completely different. And uh, I don't know. You 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 kind of have those brushes with death and. Um, man, I, I can't imagine my life without my sister. I don't want to, I don't want to imagine my life without my sister, but it was one of those moments where you, where I realized I'm like, Ooh, you got lucky there, Jen. You got real lucky on that one. You know, it could be different for you. And, um, and as cliche as it sounds, every little moment matters. And I, I think that I look at my um, kids just a little bit differently now. Um, and I want to make sure that I spend every moment with them um, in the best way that I can. So yeah, Miss Jen, I get upset a little <laughs> some days, and I'm not perfect, but um, I try my best to uh, to be the best person that I can, uh, no matter what. Because all the all those moments, those moments matter, and you just got to make the best of them. So cliche, it's so cliche, but yet it's so incredibly true. Well, and I'm, I'm really glad you shared that because so much of your life, I mean, we're talking about how it intertwines and, and it's made you who you are and you have one more step that makes you who you are and it, and it, it somewhat makes you even more intentional than you were prior to, to the November date. Um, because you, you have a little bit of reality check, I guess. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so, you're welcome. Thanks for asking. Well, what would you tell that 80 year old Jen? <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you did all those adventurous things. I'm glad that you just, that you lived your life to the fullest. I'm glad that you went and did those things that you thought you couldn't do. That's what I would tell her. That's awesome. All right. If you had one superpower and you could use it professionally or personally, what would your superpower be? How would you use it? And why would you even choose it? Ooh. Why does invisible, invisible comes to my mind? I think, and, um, <laughs> you know, you, uh, asking if there was, um, anything, you know, anything, uh, any faults that I had, I think is uh, maybe what we were talking about. Um, and I think anxiety and, you know, those kind of things. But I think if I could step into a situation and, and kind of observe without being known, sometimes I think I maybe could handle a little bit better. So that's awesome. That's pretty good. <laughs> How do people get in touch with you, Jen? Um, I like text the best. Honestly, I am quicker at responding to a text, but, um, yeah, uh, email, or you can find my website. We have a website, ninjafitalburn.com. You can find any of our self-defense classes over there. Or if you wanted to, if you have a move where you need all of your furniture lifted up out of your house and moved to a different location, 
uh, you can uh, find our website for that is eastalabamamoving.com. Okay, great. Jen, this has been fabulous. And I thank you so, so very much. And I'm sorry that you ended with tears, but that has certainly given us a, an in-depth look and um, gotten to know you really well. And I thank you so, so very much. Hey, I appreciate it. I really was, I was a little nervous about doing this, but I'm glad that we did. I had a really great time. So thank you so much for inviting me for this. Awesome. Absolutely. To the beat of my own drum I got my pockets full of dreams And they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, cry a little, and find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it from family to philosophy to work to meal prep toward beautifully surviving life.